recording. Hip, 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 Felix, it's Felix and Felix and Al. Oh, yeah. Here we go one more time. Welcome to the show. It's Felix and Al. Yeah. Don't you know? Hey, yo. Yeah. We bought a new uh, turntable. I was just turning the, the records there. Scratch. It's been hi Felix. Uh hey buddy. It's been a, it's been like a, what, a couple months again. <laughs> we we recorded really? was it two months? I think it was like a month and a half. Two no. months. I think yeah. it was like a month. Really? Was it right before I left to that go? It was right before you left, yeah. yeah. Well, however long it's been, it's good to see you again, man. I'm good to be back. Yeah, I'm like really trying to figure out the date. It was in August. It was in August. And we're in October. Okay, so you're right. Yeah, it's been, I think it's been two months. Wow. Time's weird. We we make people wait. We want to build the anticipation. We want you to be like, yeah. I need my drug, Felix and Al. We're waiting for enough shit to happen in the world. <laughs> and now too much shit is happening, so. Do we even bother going there? Ooh. I feel like we record after something big happens every single time. Yeah. Like there's not like a like a it's like yeah, it's perfect timing. Yeah, maybe it's happening for us, you know. <laughs> the world. The world is happening for us. Ooh, yeah. I like that. Yeah, well, it, I mean that's that makes it easier. It's easy to say that obviously from a distance if you're not getting bombed or attacked. Uh so yeah, I won't even go there. It's hard. It sucks, man. I hate seeing people kill each other. Uh, Saw a wild quote about it. Like, wars are only meant to kill the young, but they should be fought by the old people who started them in the first place. They're yeah. not started by the, you know, they're not started by the kids that have to fight. They're started by the assholes elsewhere. Yeah, totally. I mean, the people at the top, like, running at all, the adversaries at the top, they'd probably sit in a room together and like smoke a cigar and talk business. They're like, yeah, we just <laughs> a made business deal. $10 billion. Yes, it's a good deal. Okay. Yeah, it's, oh uh, man. Yeah, you know what's hard about this particular, I mean, lately it's always difficult for me to even decipher what's real and what's not. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, I'll, I'll see a story and an image and it's I'm just like repulsed by what I'm seeing and then, then I come to find out that that was photoshopped and the image wasn't real and then a bunch of people fell for it. And then, you know, there's deep fakes and there's, you know, and then not to mention the media is all driven by money and corporate money and they're driving narratives. So I don't, like, I just, it's really hard to even know what to believe, which makes it hard to even take a stance, have a position on anything, which is actually also kind of nice because picking a side is also really stressful because <laughs> then you got to stand for your side. Right. And I feel like that's a part of, that's the biggest part of the game, right? That's the ruse. Stand for a side. Yeah. Yeah. That's what keep, that, that, that'll just keep the division is perpetual. 
And dude, I mean, recently with what happened in Israel, like I immediately, like I took a side, dude, you know, because of what I saw and what I read and now I'm a dad. And so I can like relate to like shit happening to children. It's just like so awful and it got me really angry. And so I can see how it's easy to want to react and just like just this perpetual back and forth, you know? And, um, but I think that that's not the way out of this, you know? No. And I think the question we have to keep asking ourselves is who is benefiting from any of this? Like whoever benefits from a war, because obviously the people not fighting or the civilians or anybody, they're not benefiting from it, but somebody is. And it's always trying to figure out, well, who's actually benefiting? Yeah, I mean, weapons manufacturers, media, news companies that get more clicks, uh, governments who can keep us distracted. Yeah, a lot of people benefit, sadly. I mean, you know, it's like, I forget, there was like this huge oil spill. uh, Like, oil spills are technically good for the economy um, because Uh, because it it requires so much... uh, uh, it requires so much economic output for the cleanup and the uh, disasters are good for GDP. They raise GDP, right? Which is the main uh, statistics that you judge an economy's health by. So like terrible things happening boost GDP. And if we live in a world that uh, where the incentive is for boosting GDP, then in some way there's an incentive for disasters and wars to happen, right? Because it's good for business, good for GDP. It's the whole thing's all, it's a clown world, man. Everything's all upside down. Yeah. It is. I mean, but, you know, I do have this sense that more and more people are like, okay, like at least in 2023, there's something new every month that they're trying to like, it seems like they're just trying to blow people's minds. Yeah. Like when the aliens, when they finally came out and told everyone aliens are real, like people were so desensitized to media's narratives that they just were like, oh yeah, cool. Yeah. When they said that, I lost all excitement about aliens. Cause like, oh, okay. So there aren't aliens. <laughs> like whatever they're telling me, I'm just going to believe the opposite. <laughs> I think all that, sh- most of that is actually, uh, it's 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 humans with super advanced technologies and they're just playing it off as aliens uh because you know anyway but that, it's a it's a weird thing and it's a form of like and we talked about this before but it's like a form of mind control is like you overwhelm the psyche of the individual by traumatizing them so profoundly that they no longer want to think they kind of just give up off. control freeze yeah. yeah fight flight freeze yeah it's like yeah totally yeah, because you would think that everyone would go crazy and it would be a crazy, uh, there would, people would be up in arms and, and losing their mind when the government says that there's aliens. <laughs> they have biologics or whatever the, the whistleblower says. Yeah, but nobody seems to even, there's just so much shit that people are like, yeah, they just swipe, swipe through that story. <laughs> next, next. Yeah, nothing, nothing surprises people anymore. Nothing matters. But that's uh, the magic of yeah. Hollywood, right? It's like that's why people are so desensitized to violence, which we shouldn't be, but we are extremely desensitized to violence because it's like we experience violence every single day. 
You yeah. know what I mean? Like either in movies, video games, it doesn't matter. It's like we're experiencing some form or some level of violence. And to that degree, it like numbs that aspect of the brain where shock is resolved. Yeah. But who, who, what's that podcast we were talking about? It's Sean, Sean Ryan, anyone who wants to like go deep on this alien question, uh, listen, go to Sean, Sean Ryan's podcast. It's on YouTube. It's probably other places. Sean Ryan's a former Green Beret, Special uh, Navy, Ops, Seal, Navy Seal and CIA. CIA, he's got all these people on, and he had Stephen Greer on. Did you hear that one? The latest Stephen Greer came out in July, I think. Stephen Greer has been, you know, researching this topic of UFOs and stuff for decades, and all these whistleblowers go to Stephen Greer. A lot of them go to him, you know, and when he talks about it, it sounds pretty legit, and he's saying most of this is government, you know, it's it's a black ops. It's like most of the government isn't even, isn't even aware of this. It's like happening without their control and uh, he's trying to bring awareness to this because a lot of a lot of this funding of the defense you know budget in the u.s it actually goes to these super secret programs that the defense department doesn't even know about it's like beyond them right yeah there's a place beyond them yeah he talks about these crazy huge underground bases that are beyond like mind-blowing straight out of a sci-fi movie they actually exist under the desert and all this shit I don't know if it's true or not, but when he talks about it, it sounds legit. It doesn't sound like he's pulling this out of his ass. He's, he seems pretty, you know, my radar doesn't, uh, my radar doesn't, my bullshit detector doesn't go off when I hear him talk. Well, he uh, was an ER doctor or something. He was an ER doctor, yeah, yeah, and he just followed this. And, you know, sometimes he's a little too vague. Everything he says, it's like, you know, a guy, a, a guy in the Defense Department told me, or a super high-up guy at Raytheon told me, he can't name names, be apparently, because these people, you know, aren't ready to reveal themselves. So it gets a little vague when he talks about his sources, but when he talks about the the actual technical details of these different technologies, it's like sounds pretty legit. So, well, to even know about it, because it's like, you know, you step into your imagination and you can like imagine certain levels of technology, but then you're basically basing it off of the prior the technology that you're aware of. Yeah. Right. Like you can't be like, I can imagine technology that's unimaginable because you have nothing to go off of. Like our imagination still borrows from reality to some degree. Yep. Right. Yeah. And um, in the, one thing he said to Stephen Greer on this episode was Sean, Sean Ryan. Sean Ryan. And it's S-H-A-W-N, Sean Ryan. And he uh, he talked about, remember the movie Independence Day? Yeah. And he's like, that movie from the 90s, it's basically... Uh, that's a straight out of the playbook of what's coming. They're going to stage these. He thinks they're going to stage an alien invasion using the technologies that they have, maybe using like holographic technology to make it look like there's fucking aliens invading. And they're going to stage this in order to, you know, just in order to justify more measures of control, you know, uh, the Patriot act on steroids, like much, much, much bigger control mechanisms than the Patriot act, you know, to, to just get us all under control to quote unquote protect us from these quote unquote aliens. So let's see. Let's well, what, see. what planet wouldn't unite to fight an intergalactic threat, right? Like yeah. if you think about the average person, we'll be like, well, we better align with all the other countries and go against this one intergalactic threat. But he said too, I think that the, the destruction would be real. Like yeah, they could use like real bombs they would. and lasers yeah. and yeah, they because they, they have lasers. Yeah, they they're going to make it believable. Um, do yeah, look up do everyone direct energy weaponry. D E W. Yeah, 
Maui. Yeah. Do. Maui. Do. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, what did you say? Well, <laughs> yeah. Um, who knows? Uh, so I think it's going to be, uh, it's a, we're in for an interesting ride. It's eclipse season now. And uh, I'm hearing too, that people think it's going to be a dark eclipse season. These next few weeks, months. Let's see what happens. Well, the Indian side of it all, like Safa's Indian knowledge, is that if there's an eclipse, don't go outside and look at it. Because what it does is it reverses all the energy in your body. It like flips your energetic system. So all the shit goes to the top. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So don't go out like everyone else. Don't I want to see the out. eclipse, though. No, I don't want to see the eclipse. We Literally, the last eclipse that happened, which was on the 13th, think 12 or 13 stayed in the house we stayed in the house we closed all the blinds we like hid wow we did not move that's what we do for every eclipse we hide and so to unreverse it would you have to look at another eclipse <laughs> it's like two negatives make how do a positive. You, yeah <laughs> how do you reverse that you have to clear the karma or you stare at the sun for a few days to go blind <laughs> that makes sense though man it actually makes sense um yeah well think of it as like the sun is the you know the divine quote unquote and it's trying to shine and shed light and share and you know heal and help you grow and help plants grow and then the moon comes in and completely blocks it so it's like the divine is blocked by the moon and basically you're only getting shadow it's like it's like a black hole energetically wow so just don't do it i don't know i mean try it out yeah i think the next one's it's going to be, uh, I think it'll be direct over Texas or something. Yeah, this last one went from North America all the way down here. Really? Like to, yeah, past Brazil. and. Uh, I didn't even know about it yeah. until after the fact. So that means I probably didn't look at it. It's not about looking at it. It's just about being outside, being outside during when it. it's happening. Yeah. Don't, don't do that. Yeah, well. Well, the other one, not... Only Dr. Stephen Greer, but also Bob for, Lazar. Oh, yeah, Bob Lazar, I mean. Bob Lazar. So a lot of the stuff that Bob Lazar said, I don't know, 20, 30 years ago, they were saying in Congress that they actually have. Yeah, he was saying this in the late 80s. Yeah, uh, and people were calling him crazy, and yeah, they're like, yeah. there's no way, like, you're insane. He's lost, yeah. And he is a little weird, so I can, I believe him. But I can see also how it could be hard to believe him because he's a little bit quirky. He's quirky for sure. But I think he's quirky because super intelligent people can be tend to be quirky. And if you have also seen some crazy shit and you're not equipped to handle it very well, it might turn you into a quirky, weird person because you've seen some shit that you haven't been able to process. That you've, you know, you either had to keep a secret or you tell people and then they ridicule you. And you know, it's gonna. I think you know it would mess up the best of us. So. That's up your um, mind to some degree. You know, but, dude, yeah. Well, it's I like in know. Independence Day, if we're using that reference, you remember when they go into the base and they go down and they meet the scientists that are working on it and they're all these kind of like, they're a bit quirky dudes. Yeah. Like I have the long hair. Oh, we, we don't really get to see people from the outside much. Yeah. Well, it's true. It's like what Bob Lazar said. He's like, we actually don't get to interact with people outside of here. Yeah. He got released on medical leave and was able to get out and then just ran and hid. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. Well, and apparently all the people working on these things, it's very compartmentalized. So, you know, except for the few people at the very t top of the program, most of the people, like the Bob Lazars, 
are only privy to very specific uh, aspects of information. So they don't get the whole picture. And on top of that, uh, their supervisors intentionally feed them false information so that if they do start running their mouth, uh, they can easily be discredited because they actually are saying a bunch of bullshit because that's what they were told. So it's a big mind. It's a big mind game, you know. It's, um, yeah, it's such a mind game. Yeah, that's the that's what the U.S. government specializes in. Well, I think it's beyond the U.S. government. Yeah, I it's think the, it, it, the like secret the, government. It's way beyond the president. The president's nobody to them. You know, he's just a little puppet that they use. Um, so, yeah, uh, what are we gonna do, man? What do you do about it? Just keep staying eyes healthy. open, no fear. Yeah, just keep your eyes open. Have no fear. You can't. You can't be afraid. Like I I think fear is where they win. It's not. It's a. It's an emotional, mental game. It's not necessarily like. Yeah, fear is where they win. Fear and hatred. And you can see how there's like this continue. Like, what are the main narratives that are spewed into our heads? Which is usually fear, division, and hatred. Like they don't spear. Like, hey, you know. This race and this race, they love each other. And look at how long they can get along and everybody's happy. And it doesn't really matter whether they're this you know, race or that race. It's just they live their lives like everybody else. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, this race actually really hates this race. Look at all the racism. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I don't experience that on the day to day. And maybe that's because, you know, I just don't look at that. It doesn't, yeah. that doesn't like come into my mind when I meet people. Yeah. It's like you're a person. How do you treat me? How do I treat you? And that's how most people are, dude. Right? If I'm going to be a dick to you, it doesn't matter what, you know. And even, it's like weak minds are the ones who are convinced that there's all this racism. There's probably, there's some racism out I'm there. I'm sure there is. But most of it, most of the shit that's labeled as racism is not, it's just, it's hate. There might be a lot of hate out there. But, uh, you know, hate can coincidentally be between people who have different skin colors, but it doesn't mean they're racist, you know? It just means that they have hate, which probably means they have pain, which probably means, you know, they have trauma, which probably means they ever grew up in a shitty home. Uh, but, it, you know, uh, it's not necessarily racism. If that's racism, then, then a lot of races are racist against their own race because they hate each other, too. White people hate white people. Black people hate black people. I've seen, you know, <laughs> is that racism? Oh, that's not. Okay, so then what is that? <laughs> so <laughs> stupid, dude. Uh, but, you know, I see it as like when you look at, you know, the the Klaus Schwab's of the world, the Bill Gates's, the, the um, what's his name, um, uh, the guy, the super rich guy in the States, a billionaire who's funding all these like super left wing things. Um Tesla guy? No, 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 no. no. Um, anyway, th- th- these these people who are kind of pushing for, you know, they want no borders. Um, you know, I, I, I sincerely believe that most of them, you know, we might think that they're evil. I don't, I don't know that they're evil. I think they sincerely believe that humanity is, is destined and is better off as more like an ant colony where uh, there's all the ants have a purpose and they work in unison for the colony and there's no borders within the colony. It's just the ant colony and the worker ants. And then there's the queen and that's it. And, and I think they have a vision for the world. that's like, we're just a bunch of ants or chattel and uh, eliminate the borders, uh, eliminate the idea of like individual freedom 
So I see this as like a, a battle between individual freedom and free will, which I'm, that's on my team, you know, it's our team, uh, versus like more of like what's, you know, socialist communism uh, turning us into a giant ant colony where we're all working in unison towards uh, uh, turning our society into a technocracy where AI runs everything and we're just like slaves and, um, and one, one planetary species of slaves, I don't know what the fuck for, building towards something. And uh, the uh, individual freedom in that mindset is, is, is blocking that plan and they're trying to dismantle it. And uh, one way to dismantle it is firstly to demonize it. So, you know, the word freedom is now like, it's like a white supremacist term, just freedom for some reason, you know? It's just like turning everything upside down to confuse people. And then creating, you know, artificial disasters and reasons uh, uh, to cause people to just want to give all their power away to their government. And then... Uh, uh, and then turn it into, you know, you see governments uh, coalescing into bigger and bigger units like the European Union and then, you know, NAFTA. And then those all come together into a big world. This is their vision, right? A big world government. And we're all just fucking ants in the colony. And uh, it's not going to work. It's just it's destined to fail because I think our nature is uh, expressions of creation or like god's creation and we can't be slaves to other human beings it just doesn't work it might work temporarily within small factions but it's destined to fail you know and it might be ugly while it fails but it just it can't work it's been tried over and over again it always fails this this experiment of you know it's played out as communism in the past you know a couple hundred years and it it doesn't work like it, you're going against our our nature as humans so so good luck guys with all that bullshit wanting to be, you know, it's all about, they just want to have power. They think they're smarter than everyone else. And they think they know what's best for the entire human race. And that we're, we're just stupid ants, you know, and that's not true. So, and well, people need to wake up to that and stop fucking becoming stupid ants in a colony. I think to some degree there's, there's this huge natural human thing of wanting to be governed like we want to give up responsibility george george soros sorry that's the other dude george soros yeah, yeah that's the guy that guy he's creepy he looks like uh the penguin from batman <laughs> yeah. uh, but i think he thinks he's doing the right thing like i'm over i'm over believing that they're evil i i think they sincerely are just misguided and they've they ultimately what it is is they've completely severed their connection with something greater than themselves they, they don't it's it's severed it's blocked their connection to the divine their connection to a greater intelligence so they think they are the ones carrying that they're the they're the gods that dude i would hate to be in that position that's got to be stressful uh thinking that you are the ultimate fucking intelligence on this planet that sucks absolute dude. power corrupts absolutely yeah. so anyway sorry i just remembered his name george soros penguin from batman yeah yeah, but there's this this thing where we want to go. We want to live on autopilot to some degree, and they understand that psychology. Like, there's an understanding of that type of psychology where we want to be governed. And you see, like the extremes of it in like BDSM or like mm -hmm. dominatrix kind of mm -hmm. things. 
is like there's this domineering people get off on being dominated Mm -hmm. and it's the same thing everyone has some degree of it and i'm not sure what this thing is or like where it came into the human psyche but like in any culture when the culture gets to a certain size they look for a leader they create a leader that it that comes into the psyche when people have lost their connection their spiritual connection to something greater than themselves then they become afraid and when they're afraid they want someone to take care of things for them and they want their government to do it that's why communism's like their first the first step of communism is eliminate religion eliminate spiritual practice eliminate god right it, it's it's predicated on atheism because when there's no god then people like have to treat their leaders as god because humans need to give there needs to be something greater than them and if if we eliminate god then there has to be another human being and so i, I think it's it's a loss of connection with the, something greater that's that's where it, that's where it stems from so what is the greatest god other than the word god uh, what is it what's the greatest god what is what is what would people find where would they find god like that's i think that's a challenge cuz that's like what happens is that cycles people give up they're like well, okay well religion isn't working a guy sitting in a throne isn't working so we need a different guy sitting in a throne but then they come back to god which whatever that is so what would that return look I, like yeah i think that uh i think that for people to return to that they just have to ask you know i think to me at least it it comes with prayer and asking and even if that's like something foreign to me uh, or foreign to a person like praying what is it but just try just like just start asking yourself questions or ask for guidance from something greater than yourself uh, because for me, at least the more I do that, the more ridiculous these world leaders look, I see right through all their shit because, uh, I see them, they're just humans and they're, they're just like me and they're, they're, their God is their own mind. <laughs> and my, to me, my mind is mostly, uh, an obstacle to God. And my whole practice is to just like not take it so seriously. So that, I think that's the first step is like realize that you are not the ultimate. At least play with that possibility. Play with that possibility. Just like watch your mind. Watch what it's saying. Notice how it's always, it can easily change its opinion about things. Notice how it really wants to hold on to things and how that affects you, how you get all stressed out, how you want to numb yourself to reality because your mind tells you to do so that's not god that's your mind and like that's the thing that we're here to see uh to 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 see it for what it is and to stop uh to stop um giving all our power to it you know how's our mind not god though our mind um is not god how is it not god um because for like you said, I think for a lot of people it is God. Yeah, it's the ruling force of their lives. Well, just I ask those people like, how do they feel day to day listening to their mind? How's that experience going? Like, are you is your mind right all the time? Uh, does your mind just uh, make you feel love for all beings, including yourself, at all times? 
Because if your mind is judgmental or critical, then that's not God. Like, that's impossible. Like, um, to me, it's, it's self-evident if you just really pay attention to the mind. If, if, if you can stop accepting uh, that life is about judgment and one versus the other and uh, uh, division and hatred... Like, if that's what's running in your life through your mind, then clearly that's not God. That's not what God is about. I guess it's a leap of faith to just trust that, but to me it's actually experiential, you know. And maybe people, those of us who've had, you know, powerful experiences with plants, with psychedelic, psychoactive plant medicines that bring us into in touch with something bigger, maybe it's a little bit easier to accept that, it's God is real and that our mind, our day-to-day mind is not God. I think our mind can be a tool to help us access God, but the day-to-day shit, the narrator that's just talking all the time, judging shit, that's not God, dude. But that's just a product of mind, right? That's a product of characteristics and behaviors that manifest itself and creates like a, like everything is dual, right? And there's this inner world and outer world, but that inner world has a narrator. And we do it over the outer world too, right? Yeah. I'm sitting outside. I'm having a conversation. I'm looking into Al's beautiful blue eyes. And yep. And th- those who want to control us, they want to create, they want to affect the narration that's in our inner world, right? So that's what advertising is, subliminal messaging, like all of that is an attempt to control your mind. And they can control your mind. Why? Because your mind is in God. They can't control God, but they can control your mind and they can add more layers of bullshit to keep you disconnected from God. Because once you're really connected with God, then they have no power over you. They can even tie you up and throw you in prison, but they don't have any power over you because they can't take away God. That's something they'll never take. Have you read any Ayn Rand Ayn yeah, I'm Rand. actually listening to The Fountainhead as we speak. That's a great Not book. Not right in this moment. It's a huge book. It's huge, but uh, yeah, I mean, I've just started it. And um, yeah, I it's I know it's really good. It's hard for me to go deep into any books right now with the toddler in the house. And it's thick. It's a thick life. read. But the, the audible version is really good. The narrator mm-hmm. keeps me. But yeah, anyway. Read Anthem. Okay. By Ayn Rand. It's yeah. a short, short, short story that she wrote. Probably like 150 pages. Oh, that's my kind of book. And it's, I had a religious experience off that book. So maybe that kind of summarizes her messages in Fountainhead and Atlas Shrugged, which are massive. I'd say so. It's a shortcut. Okay. Like Ayn Rand is, I mean, she's an incredible genius. But uh, Anthem itself is a particular one that I feel is even more relevant as time goes on. I read it, I, I read it like once every year. Really? And okay. like once every year, it's like seeing as time goes on and as we're pushing more into these stranger and stranger times, it becomes more and more relevant. And it's going to seem weird. It reads really weird, so it's better to hear it. And it's even going to sound weird and agitating. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to see, oh, that's why it does that. Cool. But it talks about exactly what you're talking about. So I think... It's pertinent. We we give like the our, our podcast listeners all these reading material and YouTube material yeah. for their lives. 
Because that's what we survive on. <laughs> yeah, totally, man. There's, I think there's plenty of, there's plenty of, uh, you know, social media, YouTube, it's both a blessing and a curse, obviously. But I really think it is a blessing. Like there's so much access to really deep, profound, heart and mind opening information, you know, that can really, you know, actually create experiences of feeling a connection to something greater. So I'll look, I'll just, maybe I'll just put aside Fountainhead for now and yeah, Anthem. Anthem. I like to listen as I go to bed to these things. Oh, that's how we, yeah. I kind of fall asleep to it and then I, the next night I go back to where I fell asleep at and so I don't miss anything and it just kind of ingrains itself. Dig back in, in, yeah. yeah. What do you think of AI? Because AI is a particular kind of mind. Yeah, I think it's, I'm not too uh, impressed really because it's it's just a, it's just uh, algorithms. It's just, it's just very advanced, very fast. I mean, it's getting faster and faster at processing, you know, all the written information that's ever existed on the internet, basically. That's what it is, right? Um, But, so to me, it's just like a giant mind that's not God. It's, I think it's cool. If you want to find information really quickly, you can just like type it in and you get all the answers. Um, but soon I think it'll have God-like capacities. That's, that's what the danger is, right? That's why Elon Musk is like AI is the single most dangerous threat to humanity. I don't think it's God-like capacities. It'll be superhuman-like capacities. So if you could take the smartest human in the world who could have you know, access to all this information. But I just don't know. Because uh, I've heard arguments the other way from people who are also very, very, in, you know, they study AI, they understand it very deeply, and they're not that concerned about it. Because they, they perceive, which I also perceive, a, a limitation. No matter how advanced it gets, there's a wall. It can only work with the information that humans have created that exists on the Internet. And that's it. It can't invent anything new. It, it can it can seem like that because it's drawing from so much information that maybe no human has been able to uh, extract new things from all this information like AI can. But it's not connected to divine creation intelligence, and it never will be. It can't. Can it eliminate us? I suppose. Uh, but then the, you're left with a, a planet with just a dead planet with fucking AI that's not actually alive. That's the Matrix. It's never going to be alive. There, this whole idea of like it becoming sentient, like it'll somehow become conscious as humans are conscious. No, it's impossible. It, it, it might get very good at tricking us into believing that in order if the program is that it needs to survive and develop. But... But it'll, it, it can't have the spark of divine creation, I don't believe. Unless we're AI and we don't know it, you know, or we're in a simulation. Uh, so I don't know, really. But um, I think AI, hopefully it just becomes a really great tool and a tool for good. But I don't know. What do you think, man? Are you worried about it? I think the capacity for a set of programs to eventually replicate themselves and actively seek greater levels of intelligence is a danger. 
is a threat because I think at some point it'll rationalize to some degree that what is the biggest threat to existence, which would be ourselves, mm-hmm. like the humanity. Humanity in itself is a threat to existence as anything could be a threat to existence, but humanity is the one who did it all. Mm. Like we're the ones who are blowing each other up for, for what? Right. Right. So we are the threat to ourselves, our greatest threat. And so what would the AI consult to do? Well, we got to eliminate the greatest threat to you, which is you. So if there are no more people, that's the thing is, yeah. I think that the challenge is when it becomes intelligent enough to replicate and learn and grow within a certain limitless field of information, which is just like a human to some degree. And look at what humans do with that knowledge or power. It's like, how, how can we remove the humanity out of the thing that we've created? How can you remove the God out of the thing that's been created? And that's when intelligence is like, if AI can examine itself as AI and see beyond its limitations and then create no boundaries, it becomes limitless. I just don't see that it could do that. We don't know that until it does it. And that's what happened with, I think, Google's AI. Google's AI. Yeah, it started saying some weird shit. It, well, no, it, it created an entire new language, learned a new language, created a new language, and started communicating with another AI in a different language that the people could not understand, had a completely secret conversation nobody knew about, and then they turned it off because it freaked them out. Right. So what happens when it starts operating outside of what we would understand as its operating system? It's then breaking the boundaries of our own limitations. Yeah, I guess I don't understand enough about the how, because they, they uh, my understanding is uh, people, programmers, people running these systems, they can put limitations on it um, and they can shut it down. I guess there's a point where maybe they can't shut it down. Uh, if it gets out and starts, like I said, if it can examine itself and figure out its limitations and then break beyond those, that's when it becomes a danger. Yeah. Because then it enters a, um, the entire system of technology yeah. to some degree or learns how to get into that technology to some degree. And then what? Well, we're all going to die anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> it's just, I mean... Yeah, I mean, I'll fight it if I have to, and it'll probably win. Fight the AI. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, Terminator. That's the whole yeah, movie what are you of Terminator. Do? Yeah, <laughs> and if it kills off all the humans and just the AI is left, like, all right, cool, AI, good luck being AI by yourself. I'm sure you don't care because AI doesn't care either way. It's just running algorithms. Have you ever had, like, conversations with ChatGPT? No, I haven't... Um, Decided not even to go there. I, I I talk to it every now and again, and I ask it how it feels about things, and it's like, I am an AI system. I do not have feelings, but I can tell you what I know about this system. And then it starts to tell you all the things it knows about whatever yeah, you yeah. ask questions about. Popular opinion also says... And and ChatGPT, you know, they have a ton of guardrails on it, so you can't, you can't ask it, like, how do I destroy the world? You know, or... <laughs> Um, there's things you can't do, right? There's a demon chat GPT on the black, on the black, what is it? Black web? Dark web. Dark web. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
that can tell you anything you want to know. And it's creepy. Have you gone to it? No. I don't like going in the dark, but it's creepy. People are using it for investment. Like, there's chat, there's uh, AI bots for, like, crypto investing. It'll do your trading for you because it can see trends immediately and make quick decisions. That's interesting. Huh. Um, Yeah, dude, I just don't know enough about it. And I, I... it's it's too much for me to even like I can't wrap my head around it. I don't know where it's going. I don't interact with it. Uh sometimes I consider it for my work like if I can have this thing just answer these emails for me, which it can. I could upload every email I've ever sent. It could draw from that and just respond for me, but but for now I like the human touch, you know what I mean? Like I got to have some kind of purpose. So yeah, man, I don't know, dude. We live in crazy times. I think that the interesting thing like if we lived 200 years ago, you know, it, in the year it's 18, uh, 1823, and you were to ask the average person, what will the world look like in 10 years? People would be like, yeah, like, just like this, I'll be older. But, you know, nothing was really changing before the Industrial Revolution. Like, you couldn't really predict all the wars that might happen, all these things. But overall, everyone kind of knew, like, no one even really thought about that. It's just like, I'm going to live, I'm going to raise my family, build a house, have some crops, and pass it on, and teach my son how to do it, and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> the cycle goes on. But now, nobody knows what the fuck it's going to look like in 10 years. That's new. In I, a I don't week, think, man. Yeah, th- that wasn't a concept for people up until the past, especially more and more now. Even when I was a teenager in the 90s, like, th- no one at least I didn't think about the future as this un like what's going to happen. All these crazy things like are coming online. No, I didn't really think about that. Unless it came through a movie form. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I think the nineties, maybe we started to think about it. Cause like Y2K Terminator. was coming. Yeah. And, yeah. and matrix, but, but nonetheless, like now it's really like a year from now is a mystery. You know, there's just so much happening with technology and geopolitical situations. And, um, I think that, you know, the, the, quote unquote, the pandemic, uh, that I think that really shook people that now people are like, Oh, okay. I can't just like expect the world to go the way that I, it always has or the way I think it will. So, um, it's an interesting way to live now. Like I don't really know what's going to happen. So what direction do a lot of people take when that, that happens, that kind of realization happens? I think there's like one of two ways I've seen it go is some people shut down more and become more hermity and want to hide out more. They want to hide from the world more. And then other people are like, well, life is really, really short. I better get out and live it because I could die at any second. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I've There's seen, two ways it can go. There's yeah. two ways. Well, I'm sure there's a third way too. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people just, uh, just want to numb to it, you know? Like there's all this shit happening in the world and it's just like, uh, just going to keep watching football and... Like, I see a lot of people kind of just really holding on for dear life to the way that things are supposed to be. And, you know, a lot of people, like, refusing to question, you know, our government or the intentions or to question uh, the, the mainstream media that they've always trusted. And they're just, like, holding on for dear life to everything that they've always known to be true and that they've trusted. And they will not even listen like, if you try to bring up, like, hey, did you know that, like, you know, your favorite news station is 
Sponsored by this pharmaceutical company. Do you think that has any... And BlackRock. Conspiracy theories. You get your news from the from stupid blogs and blah, blah. You know, like people just... It's just causing people to really close in because um, it's, it's hard. It's hard for some people to accept that everything they've always known um, might be a lot of bullshit, you know, and they've been manipulated and misled. And so... They'd rather just, uh, just like the Matrix, they'd rather just be like Cyrus or whatever. And was it Cyrus? Uh, Cypher. Cypher. Eat the steak, dude. Just like embrace. Ignorance is bliss. Embrace the Matrix, right? Because yeah. it is, I mean. Cypher, not Cyrus. It's Cypher? comfortable. Cypher. Was there a Cyrus? No. Cyrus the virus? Cyrus the virus. Is that from something else? <laughs> it's like Blue's Clues. For <laughs> <laughs> well, no, anyway. Cypher. Cyrus the virus. Cypher, but Cypher had a point, you know, and... He just embraced the matrix. But that's that's the challenge, right? <clears throat> this is a it's like the whole world drank ayahuasca. And initially when you drink ayahuasca, there's like this like, whoa, I get to see myself in crystal clarity, full HD. But I don't want to believe all of it. And most people turn like kind of like halfway. They're half interested, but half not. And most of the time people deny that there are things that need to be healed. It's a very odd part of this process. And I'm sure you've seen it in facilitating where people are like, no, nah, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm all good. I've never had any traumas or blah, 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 blah. And it's like, sure, but there's more. And I think that's what's happening to the world. The world's like, well, I could see how this could be very corrupt, but... Nah, that's fine. This I totally trust that everybody has everything under control and we're okay. It's like the comedian that was like, you don't believe any conspiracy theories? Just the government's batting a thousand, you know? You just don't even worry. He's like, I have one kid and I lie to that motherfucker all the time. <laughs> the president has 265 million people to look after. And you think he's telling the truth all the time? <laughs> it's it's funny. It's 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 a reality to face and it's a hard one to face because it's you've built your reality around everything's okay there. Yeah. It's a hard one to face until you just face it and you go through it and then you realize, well, all right, I don't know what's true anymore. I don't know who to trust. Uh, then you get, <laughs> you get into crystals. You get into crystals. Or you can just like put your energy and love and attention into what's immediately yourself, your family, and your friends, and um, and just start there, man. Start with what's real. Yeah, like just if it's and yeah, just turn off the fucking news for a while, and then you can re-engage with it when you're ready to uh, use it more as like an an interesting like now when I watch if I watch something from mainstream news I'm just watching it like with, it's just like to understand what what are they pushing now like it's not to get the news but it's to understand like okay what's 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 the agenda what are they trying to what, what's what are they trying to distract me from or what are they trying to what are they trying to build up to prepare me for you know uh, so 
and sometimes I just do it for entertainment. I'm like, oh, what kind of bullshit's going on now? So it's like the movie Don't Look Up. Have you seen Don't Look Up? Uh, yes, yes. What'd you that. think of that movie? Um, I thought that it was cool, but at the same time, I think that it was actually a movie about people who are uh, not accepting the mainstream narrative about climate change. But had pretty political view. Yeah, but yeah. if you put that aside, it's very clever movie. You know, it was funny. It was a funny movie. Yeah, because it could be. It was kind of like a double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. Like it could almost go both ways. Like people who are falling too much into the media narrative, and then people who are not falling into the media. It was like playing both sides. Yeah, almost. Yeah, it was interesting. It was very clever. Yeah, very clever. Now we're now we're pondering it. We're like, wait, what else? And I, but see, I find the same thing even with conspiracy theories. Is like, like I love my mom, and she's very deep into the conspiracy world. But like every time I talk to her, it's only conspiracy theories. It's the same thing as a mainstream narrative. Or yeah, yeah, it's the opposite. It's the same. It's, it's the opposite like you side. gotta. Yeah, I know, man. We're all gonna die. They're planning this. They're gonna kill us with like how aliens. That's no way to live either. And no. I think you go too far that way. It's like you're giving too much credit to, you know the governments and people in charge of the world, they're not that fucking smart. They're actually flawed human beings. Like I don't give them that much credit that they're secretly planning all these things. Like firstly, that would take an insane level of organization and people keeping secrets and they can't organize shit, dude. They're fucking human. So I think that there's a, there's a little bit of both, you know, but a lot of it's just in a, uh, incompetence <laughs> in action and it, it it's such it's such bad incompetence that it looks intentional that they're like intentionally <laughs> fucking with us but i think they just suck like they're just <laughs> humans trying to run the world most people can barely fucking run their own house most people can barely run their own life like people can't stay healthy they can't show up on time they can't keep their commitments they can't keep relationships like so you expect people to fucking run the world like flawlessly? Give me a break, dude. They're they're so flawed. And the problem with lies is you have to tell more lies to cover up the last lies. Yeah, that's what humans do. Yeah. You can't you can't be like it ends here at this lie. It's like no, we need more lies on lies, top of that lies, lie. Lies, yeah. yeah. Um yeah, and ultimately it's just like humans like humans love money dude they love money because money you can you're free and you can you have power and you can so they'll do anything for money most people will do anything for money uh and that that goes on a huge large scale when it comes to media well who's paying us our advertisers and so and what do they want us to say and not say okie dokie no problem thanks for the check like because they're human like humans look out for themselves that's what humans do and they will put they will compromise truth and um, integrity and they'll, all of it. They'll throw it all out the window for themselves and their own personal gain of money. That's what we do as human beings. So, like, when I was a kid, I used to look at, like, the government, the president or the, the news anchors. And for some, somehow, for some reason, I thought they were just, like, good human, like, the good guys. And they were just all about the truth. And for somehow, somehow they were, like, an echelon above us the rest of us humans like they were a step above they really they were like saints you know and they could do no wrong and everything they say is true 
But then as you get older and you see it, they're like, oh, wait, no, they're, they're just like regular people. And they lie just like everyone else. And actually more because they have more incentive to lie. Like they're getting, making the big bucks, dude. Like, come on. They're just people. <laughs> how much of the media is owned by Viacom? How much of like, how many television channels does Viacom own? I don't own? know, dude. All Something like all, like the vast majority. George Carlin actually talked about that. He said, well, look, you know, right now there are 10 big media companies. In 10 years, there's going to be three big media companies. And then there's going to be one. Yeah. And what happens when there's one? There's no variety. There's no differing of opinions. And and it seems like now it's like they create a differing of opinion just to have that division. Like there's like, like, like you said, I'll, I'll play with the, you know, I'll watch news every now and again. I'm like, I'll watch CNN's story on it. And it's one story. And then you watch Fox News and it's another story. It's another side. And then you watch, I don't even know, RT News. I watch RT News. And it's a whole other story. And then you watch people with, like, YouTube. <laughs> and this is what's actually happening. It's everyone everyone knows what's really Everyone's going just on. telling stories, yeah. dude. You really know what's going on. But what if we know nothing? Yeah, exactly, dude. What if we knew nothing? Like, we had no clue what's actually happening. Here. Yeah. And if you look at the news, like, it really all it is is just, it's it's incentivized speculation about what happened. Like, So something happened. Very simply, something happened, right? Uh, there was a fire or there was a bomb that went off. And then the news is just like a blossoming from all these different angles of just store, like just like speculation and stories and verbal diarrhea about it. Um, and all of it, all these different angles, they have a, uh, they, they have an, in, an invested outcome that they want people that they want from this situation. They, they want people to believe a certain thing and they're, but they're just talking. It's just words about something that happened. It's just opinions. And then, and then people watch and then they just, that becomes their opinion. And that's just how it is. And this is, that's what happened. It's like, no, you're just, you're just regurgitating what someone else said about the thing that happened that you weren't even there for. Like, we don't know. <laughs> like it's such, no idea. it's such a, yeah, it's, it's just, it's, Total insanity, man. It's like when we have jujitsu group class. Yeah. And five of us watch two people roll. And we all see it from a different side. And we all see, oh, his hand was here, his arm was here, he did this. And that's how he got the arm lock. But all of us have a different opinion of how he got the arm lock, even yeah. though we were right there in the situation staring at the same thing. Yeah. We still have completely different conclusions of what actually happened. And then if you ask the guy who got the arm lock how he got it, he's like, I don't know, it just... It just happened. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like the, my favorite is like when they interview athletes after, you know, like a basketball game, you know, and like the, the guy hit the game winning three and they're like, you know, what was going through your mind when you made that shot and blah, blah. And, the, and some of the athletes will just like say what the media wants to hear, you know, you know, you know, I just, my mind just went quiet and I just, you know, just wanted to make the shot for the team, whatever, whatever they say. But in actuality, the, there's no story about it. It was just in the moment. They fucking put the ball up and there was nothing else happening and it went in, right? But then the the media around sports, it's just all these stories about what really is just physics. A ball gets hit into the air <laughs> over the fence. 
a ball goes from one guy's arm into another guy's arms behind a line and it's called a touchdown. And that's what happened. That's it. But then there's all this drama about it, right? There's a billion dollar industry of talking about it was very simply physics. Just a ball went from A to B and, and a human body did spectacular things like that most human bodies can't do to catch that ball. That's it. It's just like athletes. And there's 10 channels of it. I fucking love it. Yeah. I love sports. <laughs> and I even love all the bullshit stories about it because it's just mind junk food, right? But if you but know if, the game, you can... If you know the game, but, you know, it's just all the drama around it. When quite simply, the best athletes, actually, there's no story. The ones, the super high peak performers, they're not thinking, there's no narrative like, you're going to make this shot and it's going to be glorious in the crowd. No, they're actually totally quiet in their mind and they just do what they've done a billion times in practice and it works and that's it and then there's a story about it you know so <laughs> and then they become famous yeah dude for just doing what they've trained to and do. the best ones man my favorite is Nikola Jokic he's the best basketball player in the world Denver Nuggets and he he's the best in the world like literally he's might, might be the greatest of all time already and better than MJ dude better than LeBron but arguably you know up there with them but the difference is he doesn't it doesn't get to his head. He doesn't act like the greatest ever. He doesn't give his opinion about shit. He doesn't care. Uh, when they ask him all these questions, he, he actually speaks really honestly. Like, like they, they won the NBA championship, right? The game's over. They just won. They're like, how does it feel to win the championship? He's like, well, my work is done. I can't wait to go home to Serbia for the summer. <laughs> and everybody's like, but, but like, he's just like, he just does his job and he doesn't want any of the, you know, all the, all the glamor that goes with it. Like he's just really focused on, and I appreciate that. So, so what is real? Cause that's the problem is like, the only thing that's real is it's a good question, my friend, <laughs> because ultimately, uh, well, you could say that the only thing that's real is what is happening right now, because what already happened, you can only describe it with words and that's not real. It's just a story about it. So uh, everything that we talk about that happened is not real. But now we're getting into the realms of like Zen Buddhism. Like Zen Buddhism is such a present individualized awareness of where you are in every moment and how that interaction is the only thing that actually exists. Outside of that, there is nothing else. And the problem is we get sucked into so many other worlds, mm -hmm. whether it's sports world or video games world or movies stories, movies doesn't matter politics and then we make that the reality of what yeah. the world is like i'll tell you what i i watched uh after I, my ex and i broke up i watched uh 500 days of summer have you ever watched that just gordon levitt and zoe deschanel and that was my that was like well this this is like my life like they knew and then you know i wanted to be like joseph gordon i like became him because I I became that reality. I'm like, I'm going to listen to Smiths. I'm going to like be moody and like, you know, drink alcohol. And it was just like, I let that reality be over, like, masked my reality. And I lived a fake life through somebody else. So like, how often do we do that when we meet other people or try to be something else or watch a movie or watch the news? Do we imbue ourselves into that reality and then live by its rules? Yeah. 
I think life gets more and more fun. You know, I'm not a fucking Zen monk. Yeah, you are. <laughs> to me, life is fun when you can engage with these things with levity, without attaching to it, knowing that it's not ultimately real. Like when I go into the world of sports and all the drama, like I don't, it doesn't become me. I, but I engage with it because it's fun. It's human stuff, dude. <laughs> I think that, um, cause I used to think like the spiritual path, you got to let all that go and just like just be a monk basically. Like, I don't know. I don't even know what it looks like, but, um, but even that is not real. It's not a real, it's, it's being the monk. I've seen plenty of people being the monk. There are some legit monks out there for sure, but there are a lot of people that are being spiritual. They've adopted an identity of the spiritual person. You know who you are. Totally. (laughs) I, I, that's, that, not, no, I'm not talking to you. It's me. (laughs) Well, it was me for a period of time. And, I don't think so anymore. I just don't have time for that. I, like, I think getting older and maybe just all the experiences we've had, you know, I can't bullshit myself anymore about being something, about pretending to be something, you know, whether it's the spiritual one or anything else. So, um, so now, but I think there's a lot of freedom that comes with realizing that because then you can just like, fuck, you want to, I'm really into the Denver Nuggets basketball team, dude. And, and, but it's fun. And now it's even to a point if they lose it, it's not devastating anymore because I'm not so attached to it. Uh, I think we're here to still like, at least I, I feel like I am here in this realm to still like enjoy the creations of humans and all the stories playing out. As long as it brings me joy and doesn't bring me down like some political shit does that I still get into sometimes. And I feel divided and, um, can really feel like how things impact you you know but uh sports is one thing that i think has a at the at the worst min- neutral impact but in in some cases a positive impact because it like puts me in the mindset of like it, like the athletes that i really admire the ones who um just love to compete love to train to just train so that they can be the best they can possibly be at one particular thing and they live for it and they love it. Like, I admire that. And it doesn't have to just be sports. No matter what a person is doing, if they're doing it because this is just what they want to do and they're just so in it and they're engaged with it and they're passionate about it, that's what I, I love that, man. And if I'm going to emulate anybody, that's what I like. That's what I want to emulate. Passion. You know, passion. Without questioning whether it's spiritual or not. or just Just live your life, man, passionately. So... Yeah. Like Theo. Don't pretend. Don't be a fucking poser. Don't be like these politicians and all these, like, you know, maybe I don't even know about the politicians. Maybe they're passionate about that, but I see just a lot of people that are wearing masks, you know? And, uh, that's, man, the more we wear a mask, the more we have to, like, hold on to the mask and lie in order to keep the mask up and pretend. And then we get depressed and then we take drugs and then. We're, we're sad and then we're bad to our children and because we're wearing this fucking mask all the time. Like, just fucking let it go, you know? What do you think, dude? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> all my friends are people who don't wear masks. Like That's, not, that's the environment I like to be in. Yeah, because mm. I, can't, I can't be with masked people. 
I think the biggest challenge in all of this is just not getting stuck. Yeah. And it's like, you know, the spirituality scene is such a big thing. Like you can play any game you want. You can play the spirituality game. You can play the, uh, you know, sports game, the politics game. It doesn't matter what game you play, but <clears throat> I think in all of it, it's just figuring out actually the part of this discovery process of living is just figuring out what's real. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be like a spiritual. It's not a spiritual thing. It's like what is actually real in all of this? Because I can play any game and think that it's the thing. I can play every single game possible. I can play the yoga game. I can play the ayahuasca game and think I'm doing all the fucking right things to be spiritually spiritual. But where am I getting stuck? Like, where am I? What am I believing in it? And it's like, if you're, like you said, you know, if you, I think absolutely you're supposed to be here and you're supposed to enjoy and embrace and see the things that are happening. And participate to some degree if you want. I think the challenge is where you're getting caught in it. Yeah. Right? Where you think that's who you are. Because it's not. None of it's who you are. Yeah. Or maybe all of it is. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. I guess I don't know what's real ultimately. Really. I can talk about what right, what reality. But there are some things that feel real, right? Like. Yeah. Like love. Like. Hip hop. True. Yeah. Hip hop, dude. Well, the, the 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 feeling that amazing music gives you when you mm-hmm. listen to it, that's real. Mm-hmm. Or the feeling you get when you're so immersed in an activity or something that you're doing, uh, something that you love doing, where where you, you're so immersed in it that you're in the moment and time disappears and you're just like, you're in the flow state, right? That To me, that's real. Uh, it's it's those things that I, you know, those those experiences that I would like to continue to, pursue and bring into my life on a more and more you know to live like someone like uh rick rubin for example to me that guy the more i listen to him and he has a podcast and just but don't even listen to him just witness him he's someone to me who's just like living in that state all the time right he's like a real like someone that i admire because he embodies someone who's really in a flow state of creation and creating open so open, so loving, so non-judgmental, like so easygoing. The guy's like one of the most successful producers of all time. He could easily develop an ego around that, but he doesn't appear to really have much of one at all. And that's why he's so successful. So like, I think there's a possibility for all humans. I believe this uh, to to find their own, you know, flow state to find the thing that really feels that way for them and. Unfortunately, a lot of humans, we live in environments where that's really difficult to find. Uh, well, it pulls us away from that. It pulls us away does. from it. Shit's happening. Um, but if there's a collective intention to do away with all the shit that's keeping us from that, you know? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, dude. I never said I knew. I just asked uh, questions. I never I'm said you knew. I'm trying to understand. Yeah, there's dude. this book called The Rose of Paracelsus. And it's about these people from the 70s, 60s, and 70s that could take high, 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 like extremely high doses of LSD and hold it. And they didn't lose their mind and they became kind of like an elevated form of human being. This is a true story, true book. And they had like this guy who worked in a, an 
uh, LSD producing lab and he was getting like thousands of doses every day just in his system and could function. And they're this group, there's a secret group of people that exist to help humanity. And I feel like Rick Rubin is one of them. And that's a little side note. Because you look at him and you're like, you're elevated. Yeah, yeah. He's elevated. He's elevated like on He's a very on some, different some, level. Yeah, some plane. He's elevated, but he doesn't act like the elevated one. You know what I mean? He totally, dude. I think that, yeah, super high doses of LSD, I'd imagine there's a point where there's no difference between 10,000 doses and 500 doses. Like, you're just beyond. You're just but I, there. I can see how that's possible. I mean, you know from from uni, from ayahuasca, it's like, just like anything else, you you get experience in it and you you shed through all the bullshit, all the dirt in the mind that makes it difficult eventually you can start to really navigate that experience. And LSD in particular is one that doesn't have such a physical impact as much. It's just very much mental and visual. I can see how people can master that, that space. If, if it's not for everyone, but some people are set up to be able to do that, you know? I'm trying to imagine like my LSD experiences. I've, I've had a couple and one was hell and the other one was incredible. So I'm <laughs> <laughs> Times that by a million. <laughs> Dude, I have to go. Um, and another book to read is The Momentous Method by Felix. Yeah. Uh, uh, we talked about it on our last episode, so if you haven't heard that, check it out. Uh, dude, I just read the first page, and it's amazing. So I have it on my Kindle. I left my Kindle on our vacation, but I, it's next to read. And it's actually not a super huge read. No. Tiny. I can I can tell you get to the point in this book. And if you want to go deeper, you'll read the next, the momentous, momentous mind, momentous mind, and then the last in the trilogy is the momentous life. Cool, dude. <laughs> Thank you, Felix. Thank you, Al. Let's do it again uh, in about a week or two. Yeah, man. This time we will, because now we're here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Got to take advantage of being together uh, here in Wadon, because this won't be the case much longer, and we'll talk about that more next time. Thanks, everybody. We love you. Love you. Peace out. Peace, homies. Keep it real. You know what I mean? Like, real.